What's up, guys? Welcome once again to the Save Continue podcast. My name is Ryan Robinson. This here is Tom Shelby. Hello. Uh, Shanae's not here. Uh, she's not feeling well. She's uh, feeling under the weather. There's been a lot of flu going around San Antonio. Yeah. Well, a lot of flu going around Texas. Yeah. So she's out with uh, diarrhea. So. Sure. We wish her a speedy recovery. Mm-hmm. Thoughts and prayers, Shanae. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Every week we get together and hang out and talk about video games and whatever. And uh, Tom and I actually started this uh, this morning. Uh, well, Tom had Jacklings for breakfast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I had, jer- I had jerky Red Bull for breakfast, yeah. uh, which actually sounds pretty badass. Uh, and uh, we uh, we shared a beer in the morning, like the old days. So that was nice. Might do another in a minute here. Yeah, uh, but for right now, we got our. We have our uh, uh, drinks from our corporate sponsors uh, who don't actually pay us. Dude, have you seen all the Red Bull integration in a Street Fighter Five? No. I love it. They got like Red Bull like outfits and shit now. Let's say Red Bull on them. Yeah. Really? They have like the Red Bull logo on there and That's shit. That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. Uh, I'm all for corporate sponsorship. Okay. I like seeing corporations show up in my stuff sometimes. Like... Uh, Destiny 1 had a Red Bull Sparrow. You know what a Sparrow is, Tom? Yeah, it's a little uh, motorcycle. Yeah, there's a Red Bull motorcycle. There's a Red Bull Sparrow. It didn't say Red Bull on it. It just colored like a Red Bull can. Oh, no. This is like straight up Ken will have the Red Bull logo on his chest. That's neat. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, My first experience with that was, uh, I brought this up before, Rainbow Six Vegas. Uh, There was a Smoking Aces movie poster in one of the maps. No, you've had experiences with that before that, dude. Well, I mean, not like, because you're probably going to bring up Cool Spot. Or Crazy Taxi or, oh, yeah, or crazy taxi. Turtles or crazy. whatever, you know. I don't. Turtles at Pizza Hut? I don't vividly remember the Pizza Hut. Oh, really? I do. Yeah. But I played a fuck ton of that game. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I do remember I do remember the Fila store in Crazy Taxi. I remember the KFC. Chicken, yeah. uh, Tower Records. Pizza Hut. Pizza Hut. Mm-hmm. They took that shit out in the current versions of the game. Yeah, I have the current version. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm. I want to jump back in and see how drastic the changes you affect know, me. You know, I used to be real good at getting my score real high up there, and now I just. Uh, last time we played the mobile version, I did pretty well. Yeah, yeah. Man, that game will heat up your phone like a son of a bitch, though. I tell you that. Yeah. Um, I would like another one of those. Another crazy taxi? Yeah. Like, like a, a modern one? Like a brand new crazy taxi. Yeah, That'd be really cool. I, I would like that. Um, which, I don't know if that idol game that they released was some kind of litmus test or what. You know, it's, it's funny you say that. I mean, that very often is the case. Uh, but, like, I think the problem with crazy taxi, and don't get me wrong, I don't think that there is a problem with crazy taxi. Uh, but I think that the problem with crazy taxi is that Arcade games, games that were birthed in the arcade back in the day, uh, score-chasing games, games yeah. of that nature, uh, released on consoles and PC, people don't see enough value there yeah, because they don't understand that the whole point is to chase that score. Well, know? that was kind of like, I guess that that falls in line with, you know, Housemark making their announcement, which... But Housemark games still have a progression to them outside of score, you know. Yeah, but like it's the score is still it's what's like important to you and me thing. because people our age grew up with that sort well, of thing. But I feel like they make a big deal yeah. out of the score in those games though. Like outside of uh, outside of games like uh 
what was it? Dead Nation and uh, and that an Alien Nation. Outside of those games, I feel like they still make scores a huge deal. They do, they do. Uh, and it's funny, like Geometry Wars Two specifically. Uh, me and my friends on Xbox Live, we got real big into leaderboards in that game. You yeah. know, I would come home from work and jump on and see that my score had been beaten. Yeah, and play for like two hours until I beat their score. And that's and then they cool would do thing, the same. Man. That's such you know? a cool fucking thing. Yeah. Uh, and as a matter of fact, my friend Katrina. Hey, um, hi Katrina. Uh, so she has a, so she had a, she has geometry. I don't remember. I don't know what geometry was. Whatever one came out on Xbox One, she has that one. Yeah, that's three. Yeah. I don't care for three. So her boyfriend uh, had a high score. And I don't even play Geometry Wars, but just the fact that he had a high score, like, I, I played for, like, two hours trying to beat that high score. I couldn't do it because yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm garbage at that game. But, like, that's such a powerful draw to me. But I think it's not for so many younger gamers, yeah. you know? Um, for example, how big a deal do you think score was in Street Fighter 2? Uh, almost. Not not important To the at all. point where it shouldn't have been there? Yeah, it's 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 a, you know... It's a relic of, of games that were released around that time. Yeah. You know? Because that was... It's, even... like, it's like score in Super Mario Brothers. Yeah. Versus Super Mario Brothers had score because that was an arcade game. Yeah. But Our like, home console version, there was really no need for yeah, it. Yeah. Like, your score in Street Fighter 2 was not, like, a va- like a valid measure of your skill at that game. Uh, I felt like how many other people you could beat at that game was a measure of your skill at that game. Yeah. I mean, it depends on how you look at it, right? But it's just like Tetris. Yeah. Some people play Tetris for score. Some people play for lines cleared. Yeah. Um, but I feel like with um, with with games like Street Fighter, that was like more clearly defined. Now I'm trying to anecdotally remember if the first Virtual Fighter had score in it or not. Um. I don't know. Yeah. Uh. But I I like I like playing games. I I guess it's because of when I grew up. It might have something to do with that. Um, like the score, like you release the game with like a, you release a score chasing game. Yeah, I'm still gonna be all about it. Uh, to, you know, granted the game is good, but I'm still gonna be all about like beating that score and like you tie some you tie some trophies or achievements to that score. Like I'll be even more into it. Yeah, and it's funny, you know, you would think that because of the target demographic for video games in 2017, 2018, uh, are people our age. Yeah. Um, and when we grew up, you would think that more games would have things like that. Yeah. But at this point, like I said, they are a relic. Yeah. Well, you know, then now it's like, cause the score is what kept you like with a lot of those games of that era, like the score is what kept you coming back, uh, to, to play it and replay it just to beat your old score. Mm-hmm. Um, now, now that games have gotten more, you know, advanced, like the, like replay value is defined in like so many other different ways now. Right. Uh, like if you're talking about <clears throat> how long is the game supported or whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like if we're talking about like first person shooter, like how long is the game supported? Like, like what's the season pass look like? What's the online community like? What sure. stuff like that? Uh, if we're talking about seasonal events or yeah. whatever it might be. And then we're talking about, you know, then you talk about, uh, you know, open world RPGs, like, you know, how many different characters can you create or, or what have you. Um, like how many secrets do you put in that game? Meaningful side quests. Yeah. How many meaningful side quests do you have? Yeah. You know, things like that. Um, so like the, the concept of like replayability is like kind of extrapolated beyond score. But at the same time, you know, I, 
I guess like this, like my selfish nature wants people to release more games that keep me coming back for that reason. Yeah. Uh, I even like it when, you know, games that, are, that wouldn't typically be, uh, framed around that include a mode like that. Like, for example, when, um, when I saw, when, when Doom, when uh, the 2016 Doom had an arcade mode, I'm like, oh, hell yeah, I'm all about getting points for killing demons. Or with, uh, with Max Payne 3, that game had an arcade mode too. You know, Doom, I all I want is release a piece of DLC that is like 100 of those rune challenges. Sure. That's my favorite part of that game. Yeah. Uh and those were those were cool and like they did some like there was a there was one that I was playing last weekend. Um I think I was over here when I did it where it was basically like um, every time you kill an enemy, you can move for three seconds. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't remember what that, what, what the reward was for completing that, but that's a fun one too. Um, yeah, interesting ways to play games. Like you and I play a bit of killing floor, not a ton, but a, a good bit. Yeah. And, uh, the weekly challenges in that game are always very interesting and very fun and change the gameplay mechanics. Yeah. And that wasn't. The game didn't ship with that either, so no, it did not. Um, so it was cool to like return to that game and find that. Yeah. Um, now do you have games that are like kind of built around that, like um, like Bulletstorm. Mm-hmm. Uh, like like the whole uh, Bulletstorm pisses me off, man. Why's that? I like that game. I think it's a great game if you ignore all of that shit because like that game was marketed with the term creative kills. Yeah. Right. Let's see how creative you can be with these kills. Creative kills. Yeah. And it doesn't... Re- creativity... It doesn't reward you for creativity. It rewards you for doing specific things it wants you to do. Things are set to certain points. Yeah. You can be creative without doing those things yeah, but in you'll, that order. But, you'll be but you're re- not rewarded for yeah, it. You're not so rewarded it's not creative kills. It's, hey... Do do these things. Yeah. Don't call it creative kills then. Yeah, and you know? like and the the <laughs> thing about it is like even like those th- the things on that list, like the the game doesn't create a whole lot of opportunities for you to accomplish those things. Yeah. And so that's that's one of the things that like I bought that game twice, like right. the original version and the remastered version. Oh, and don't get me wrong, all that said, Bulletstorm's awesome. But like the thing the thing of it is though, like that's going to be that's in the back of my mind though because especially well not really because those numbers are still popping up on the screen yeah and again the game doesn't set up those opportunities for you and like in a in an intuitive way yeah so like there's a bit of frustration that goes along with not being able to pull these things off but it sets up certain things in like well here's something that i can hit a guy into and then i can hit him with my fucking rope thing and then shoot him in the air and do it again or whatever kick him you know yeah but like the level design of that game is set up in such a way where, like, there's really only two or three different things you would do in any given situation. Yeah. And that's not creativity. Yeah. Which I don't mind. I don't need Bulletstorm to be a, cre- a creative outlet. Yeah. But don't market it that way, then. I think that, you know? <laughs> I think that, like, what I would have, like, what I like is, like, a set score value for like killing this kind of enemy like if you want to if you want to give me bonus points for killing him with a headshot yeah then do that sure um and that was kind of one of the things that like it's kind of one of the things i like about killing floor uh well specifically killing floor 2 because that's the one that i've played uh because i like i like getting the dosh for the kills mm-hmm. um and that that translates to score to me right um yeah absolutely 
Uh, uh, seeing like all the accolades at the end of a match, yeah. you know, seeing, hey, I got the most assists or the most headshots yeah. or whatever, yeah. Yeah, so that kind of, that translates to score to me and like, see, like when I have, because you're not going to get the same amount every time for a kill, even killing the same guy, because it depends on like how much damage you do mm-hmm. to that character and things like that. Um, and that's one of the things that like I really liked. You know, I kind of wish that they made more of a big deal about, uh, about showing you when you earn like like make it more flashy like because i i like that yeah um you do you like uh the very stylized games yeah yeah um because my attention span is not great so i kind of i need stuff to pop out at me um but that being said that game like like by nature is like really arcadey and like a lot of like in a lot of like really cool ways. It's a spectacle, and that's a that's a great thing. You know, it doesn't have to be all about story. It doesn't have to be all about mechanics. As yeah. long as it's fun to play, uh, flashy can go a long way. If you think about when fighting games added like super moves, yeah. right? And yeah. like that's a small button combination, but it looks fucking awesome when you do and it. And that's the main. I feel like, and that's probably why they did it. It makes you feel awesome. Well, that's you know? like yeah, that's the that's the main. I feel like that's the main. Uh, the main incentive to do them, right? Because, like, yeah, of course you could win without doing a super move, right? It's like the fatality, right? Fatality is meaningless. Yeah. There's nothing you, for you. Because you've already won. Right. Uh, like, and likewise with... Uh, pro, most pro players don't even do them. Yeah. You know. Like, or uh, or uh, um, the x-ray moves in Mortal Kombat where, like... Those actually do a lot of damage, though. They, they like, know? they can, they do, like, like uh, in Mortal Kombat X, that's, let's uh, have someone's health bar, right? Yeah. But at the same time... You know, you could also affect. I I rarely ever see people do like in like in heavy competitive play. I rarely ever see people do X ray moves. Really, um, like it's mostly like meter burn, which yeah. uh, like to feed. Which I think is more useful. Yeah, EX moves. Like I don't think Mortal Kombat calls them EX moves, but they are EX moves. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but like again, I feel like those are there because they they just look cool. Yeah. Um, and that's the main that's the main because like that's one of the things about like fighting games because a lot of the time you want to do shit that like looks awesome and kind of and, like it boosts your ego and kind of demoralizes your opponent. Well, yeah, I mean when we're talking about like appeal to the masses, not to the hardcore gamer. Yeah. Uh, certainly. You yeah, because you're gonna look at Mortal Kombat. Or even now, Tekken with uh, with their version of EX moves now, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you look at that and you're like, well, uh, that, Rage they? Arts, I think. Yeah. And, Rage yeah, Arts? Yeah. You look at that and like, well, that looks badass. I want to yeah. play that. Um, you know, and that's not something that the, that's not something that the franchise had had before. Yeah. No, it's, I, it's a greatly appreciated uh, new mechanic, you know. Yeah. We, we, when we did our fighting games episode, I'd mentioned that like Tekken has stayed largely the same. Yeah, game after game after game. Yeah, uh, finally something to change it up. Yeah, um, I haven't played. I haven't played Virtual Fighter since Virtual Fighter Four. Yeah, um, I feel pretty confident in saying that that's that franchise is probably done. But um, I don't know. Uh, but I do, but I do remember like there was nothing like really flashy about Virtual Fighter. I didn't remember it was kind of just like a, it was pretty straightforward. I think at that time in gaming, a uh, the fact that the fighting game was a 3D fighting game was flashy enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Tom, when I was a kid, I don't know if you remember these, but when I was a kid, I there were these uh, there was this there was these hologram, uh, like these holographic arcade machines. Mm-hmm. Like it was like. It was. I remember it was like a white cabinet. It was about this this high up, um, and the one there was there were two game there were three games that I remember seeing in it. But the one that always stuck out to me 
was this uh it was a time traveling cowboy game man i don't know that i'll show it to you on youtube after this i know show. about like the uh the different pinball tables with the projections no I'll, I'll, sh- I'll show it to you after the after the show you yeah. might and it might be immediately familiar to you and it might not but like it was all like it was um it was all uh fmv yeah um and it was just it was blew my fucking mind because like because you know they like because we had mortal Kombat at the time but that was like it, it was different, right? All, that was all like digitized, right? Yeah. Um, whereas, like, it was just like it was like actually watching a video play out like real time to your actions. I thought that was awesome. You know, I think that stuff goes a long way. Um, you over the summer got into Ruiner, you know? Yeah. And when you first got that game, like I, that game was on my wish list uh, until I heard rev- uh, read reviews of, of the game. Mm-hmm. It was a game that I had planned to purchase day one, and I still do plan on buying Ruiner. It looks fun to me. Yeah. But, like, you're playing it, and I'm I'm talking to you about what I've been hearing about it, Mm -hmm. in that it's more style over substance. Yeah. That doesn't make it bad. You know, that doesn't mean that it's a bad game. Well, I feel like that a lot of times when people describe a game in that way, they mean it in in a derogatory way, and that, like, there's just nothing here. But But that's, like, subjective, right? Because what... That all depends on why you're why you're going into a game or why you play games in general. Like, well, exactly because like one, you al- already really enjoy or seem to enjoy a lot of very stylized games, and two, you very much specifically enjoy that style. Yeah, you know. Yeah. So. Um, and that I remember, and that's a, that's a huge thing to me too. Like when a game speaks to my sensibilities in that very specific way, like. I like cyberpunk and like synthwave crazy shit, right? Yeah. So like that's why that's why Ruiner jumped out to me. That's why of next. Course. That's why next Machina uh, jumped out to me because it's like it's that like it's it's my like my favorite stuff. Right. So you know, obviously I'm like like next Machina that like where's the substance there, right? That game is all style and it's like it's a very fun game. Uh, I'd say that game's got some substance. Like that game takes some fucking skill though. Well, yeah, but you know. at the same time. Uh, you know, you can't be a slouch and play Ruiner either. Yeah, I mean, I haven't played Ruiner, so I, you know, I won't. Uh, but what I'm saying, what I'm saying is like, like that. The, both of those games put style at the forefront. Yeah. Like both visually and like you know, in terms of in terms of the audio that the games use, like that, like those things are like very much at the forefront. And you mm-hmm. can tell those things are meant to very much draw your attention to them. Sure, absolutely. Um, now where and so like when you say a game is like style over substance, then it's like. What if, what if to you the style is a substance? Right. Right? Like, what if that is why you're there? Right. Um, and, it, and it very much can be, right? Like, you and I both love Killer7. And, like, Killer7, the mechanics of that game are not complex. No. They're pretty straightforward. Um, they're, very, they're very straightforward. Mm-hmm. It's an extremely linear game. Mm-hmm. You know exactly what you need to do. It's not hard to do what you need to do. But man, nothing ever looked like that when that came out. Sure, you know and that was like that game came out at like the like the real because we had seen like we had seen cel shaded games prior to that, but like but with a not with a limited color palette and ultra violence yeah. that that game has. Yeah, you know? and so you know that game, you know that 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 game was you know definitely an anomaly at the time, and like even still, like I've never seen. Yeah, if you, if you look at Killer Seven next to like Dead Cells, yeah. There's like no comparison. Yeah, you know, but um, and you know, I, and like even still, I haven't really seen that replicated. You know, yeah. Um, or you look at um, you look at uh, at uh, Killer is Dead. You know, uh, that, not dead cells, cell damage, cell damage. Yeah, yeah. 
that's the car combat game mm-hmm. with the weird looking people in it. Um, you know, even, you know, you look at Killer is Dead, you know, um, and Killer is Dead is interesting because and I've only played about the first hour of that game. Yeah. But it's interesting to me because I feel like it uses its style uh, to enhance its gameplay mechanics. Yeah. There are things that, like, there are things in level design that make sense because of the style of that game. Right. You know? Yeah. If they had gone with a more realistic or different kind of style, it would not work. Yeah. You know? Um, And, like, that's, that's a really, that's a really powerful thing, too. Yeah. You know, and... You know, you play a game and, like, there's a lot of things that will help enhance that style, right? Like, you could play a mechanically sound game, right? Mm. Like, a game, it just, it plays perfectly, right? But let's say we're playing, we're playing, like, some kind of shooter, right? Um, You could, and, like, everything about that game could work perfectly. Yeah. But if, like, if the enemies don't have, like, a, like, a, like, a, like an entertaining death animation or, or, like, the sounds aren't, like, they're not punchy or like they're not impactful enough then like it's kind of it's not going to infect you the same way as that if that game had like some real like personality to it it's funny you say that like it makes me think of uh the gianna sister series yeah like the gianna sister games are pretty fun games and for those that don't know that series started uh specifically as a mario clone yeah they were specifically trying to replicate that style of game and rip it off sure um and, but they've got more attitude. And those games today are still fun games to play, but they feel so fucking generic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, which makes me wonder about Bubsy, because that studio made the new Bubsy. Yeah. And I'm like, is there actually something there, you know, and people just don't realize it because it's so fucking generic and boring looking? Well, see, Bubsy is one of those things where... Not the original Bubsy. No, I know but what you're the, the newest one, yeah. So, Bubsy is one of, to me, like, like granted... I haven't played. I haven't played that game. Yeah, I just like are people writing it off because it's a joke. Because the franchise well, is a joke, are people writing off here's, that game? Here's you know? here's what I think, and this is this is the this is the impression that I get based on Mighty Mighty Boss Tones. But based on what I based on what one the media says about that game, yeah, um, it kind of reminds me of stuff. It kind of reminds me of a few different other instances. In like the recent past, where the me- like like reviewers said this game is garbage, so people who haven't even played it said the game is garbage. Right. Um, whereas, like, look, you liked the you like Gianna Sisters, right? You could play you could play the new Bubsy and think it's awesome. Maybe, right? yeah. You know, and you know that that possibly certainly exi- certainly exists. I don't know how likely it is because I don't you know. But my whole thing is like I like Gianna Sisters on a mechanics level. Yeah, and if you. If you take that away, you're left with just a very, like I said, very generic, very boring-looking, feeling game. Yeah. Uh, but, like, the mechanics are good in that game, and it is a fun game to actually play. The play is what's fun about that game. And I wonder, with Bubsy, like, is it because Bubsy's got this horrible reputation in gaming? Is it because this, this company is is not very well-known, and what they are known for is ripping off Mario? Yeah. Is it because of that it's getting bad scores, or is it because legitimately gameplay is bad in that game? And I guess we, we can't know until we play it ourselves, right. you know? Um, which, you know, it's a... Uh, it's like recently I've been playing Pac-Man. Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures, yeah. right? And I really loved Pac-Man World uh, 2 and 3 back in the day. Mm-hmm. I really had a lot of fun with those games. Yeah. And Pac-Man and the Ghostly Adventures did not get good review scores. 
Uh, and I've been having a hell of a time with it. It's very fun. Yeah. Uh, is it the most mind-blowing 3D platformer? No, it's not. Not at all. But it controls well enough. The mechanics are fun and, like, it, it's fun. Yeah. You know? And that's the thing, too, is that I think that we use, like, these weird... We have this weird criteria where games are concerned where it's... And it's not that weird on its face, but, you know... One of the, one of the last pieces of a criteria that I ever hear mentioned as far as whether or not a game is quality mm. is whether or not the game is fun. Right. Um, you know, we we talk about everything but how but whether or not the game is fun. Well, there's also expectations set for certain things, you know, like like with with this last Star Wars movie, The Last Jedi, right? I've had a lot of friends t- complaining and saying like, "Oh, this movie fucking sucks" and all yeah. this and that and like for me, I love Star Wars. But I don't need every Star Wars movie to be cinema gold. Sure. You know? I went in there expecting to have fun watching people fight with laser swords, and I did. Yeah. You know? I thought it was a fun movie. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, and at the same time, like, we've we've had we've had uh, three Star Wars movies in as many years, so... Yeah. I mean... Yeah. <laughs> you know, sure. So... Sure. Um, you know, but, like, it's just... And, and, and this reminded me of something else too, is that, and this is a weird sentiment that I hear echoed a lot, and I don't know where, I don't know why people say it because it's always implied, but like when a game's about to come out, like people say, "Man, I hope that game is good." Like, well, yeah, of course you do. Like, I hope mm. any game is good, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, I always wonder why people. Well, say I, that. I, I mean, I've said it before, and I think it's when a, a new game is coming out in a franchise that I like. Yeah. And there's something hinting at this game might not be good. Yeah. Then yeah, you know that's that's when I'll express that. Yeah. But uh, because I mean, ideally we want every game to be good, you know. Sure. Um, and I, you know, there are games I don't want to be good. I don't want Metal Gear Survive to be good. I want the game to be terrible. I want people to hate it. Yeah. Yeah. But that's more like on a on a uh, like on a on a basis of principle, though, right? Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Well, yeah, because I mean, th- if you think about like. Uh, um, Umbrella Core? Yeah. Like, similar type of game. Sure. Uh, I want that to be good. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, here's the thing, is that... Okay, so... I played a shitload of Metal Gear Solid Five. Yeah. Um, and from what I... Excuse me. From what I know, they're just taking the engine from Metal Gear Solid Five and slapping it on that... On that thing. Well, there's zombies now. Right. And uh, different dimensions. None of the characters you re- you recognize or love. Mm. Mm-hmm. So, no Ocelot. No. Uh, no. Uh, Actually, Vul- I, I don't know that. The, no, things things could have changed. No there, Vulcan- might, there might be some of that stuff. No Vulcan Raven. But. Uh, uh, no Sniper Wolf. You know, it's funny, though. Like, you talk about... Decoy Octopus. We're, we're talking about all these games that are, like, bad, that we enjoy. Or bad. You know, people people say are bad. Or got bad scores or whatever, right? It's like, I've... There was a long time where I was very heavy into reading reviews. And I still do. I specifically read reviews from editors that I typically... Yeah. Who, whose opinions typically align with mine. Sure. Because I find those to be the most useful. Right. Um. But... 
I'll play a game, even if somebody I, I respect says it's bad, yeah. if I really want to play that game. Mm-hmm. Don't not play a game because we tell you it's a bad game. If you want to play Bound by Flame, Corey, by all means, play that fucking game. Yeah. If you love Super Paper Mario for some dumb reason, yeah. you know, play it. Just know that we warned you. We warned you, Corey. So, <laughs> uh, you know, that. So, a year and a half ago, um, a year and a half ago, uh, No Man's Sky came out. Oh, yeah. That's a good one. That's a really good one. Um, and right away, I was into that game. Yeah. Uh, from the start, I was into that game. Uh, that At launch, that game had been lambasted by most media outlets. Um, and But I didn't, I didn't care. I was having fun, uh, which was important to me. Well, we did an episode talking about expectations, right? Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing with No Man's Sky is people had high expectations for it, and those expectations were not met. Right. Um, but they had high I also, and very I also specific think expectations. I also think that's Hello Games' fault because they straight up lied about what would be in that game. Sure. You know. But at the same time, like they literally said, things would be in that game that were not in that game. At the same time, you know? I also I also think <laughs> that the stat the the period of time that you can still be upset with them about that game has like long since passed. I don't think anyone's still. I mean, sure, there's some guy yeah. in some chat room somewhere yeah. bitching about No Man's Sky like, right now. I'm sure. For example, but, but as far so, as like the masses go, that I think that game is much closer to. I think that game is much closer now to what uh, people were sold. Uh, than it was a year and a half ago. I agree, but still lacking. There are still things not there that that were going, you know, yeah. said to be there. Um, and a lot of the time when I read like comment sections related to that game, yeah, like there, like every once in a while you'll see someone like pop up and say, "Hey, um, like I saw No Man's Sky in uh in a discount bin for ten dollars, right? Is it worth it?" And then someone will say. No, ten dollars is still too much, right? Which, which I think is being, uh, I think that's, I think that's hyperbole. Yeah, um, be- I'd agree. Uh, because I think that, well, personally, I felt at the time that I got sixty dollars out of that game. I mean, here's the thing, right? As but, a as a publisher, not as a developer, sure. as a publisher, sure. Uh, you can go about things in a couple of ways. You can do what Joseph Ferris is doing with a way out. And say that Fuck this, the Oscars. And say that this game is going to blow your mind. It's it's the best game ever, all, all this and that. You've never played anything like it. You can say that. Sure. And you're setting yourself up yeah. to disappoint people. Or you can do what Dead Island did and not make a big deal out of it. And people fucking love that game. That game has only grown in popularity. Dead Island? Uh, Not Dead Island. What's the other one? Uh, The running one. Oh, uh, Dying Light. Dying Light. There you go. Yeah. Uh, you know what I mean? Like, the way that they advertised Dying Light was very different. Very different than the way No Man's Sky mm-hmm. or A Way Out has mm-hmm. been advertised. In fact... A Way Out could be a great game. Brothers was a great game. I can count on one hand how many times I saw a Dying Light advertised. Yeah. Brothers was a great game. A Way Out might be phenomenal. But if it's anything but... They're going to catch a lot of shit for it. Yeah. You don't want to don't, don't use the words, it will blow your mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, which, like, yeah. Be, if that game is anything but stellar, people are going to shit all over it. Be into the thing that you're making. Yeah. Of course. But like, like, 
based on what I know about like I the the premise of that game on its own that's not mind blowing to me. Um, I, I mean, think about what a joke Peter Molyneux has become, sure. and it's it's for this reason. Yeah, you know, it's um, for this reason. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know, but like when someone says like I saw No Man's Sky in a discount bin for ten dollars, is it worth it? And someone says no. Like I'd say there is a lot more than ten dollars worth of content in that game at this point. Well, sure, and it's also like, is it worth it to you? What yeah. are you into? You know? Yeah, but like, and then I get to, then I also get to the point because like there was a whole like the the negative momentum behind that game had kind of it snowballed in a very very rapid pace, and to the point where even people that I can't say authoritatively have not played it, but I get the distinct feeling they haven't. Mm-hmm. Uh, are saying, you know, no, that game sucks. Yeah, uh, which I think is large, basically on what critics that they, uh, what critics that they trust say, what their friends say. Yeah, uh, but I also feel very much like a lot of the time, it's not based on firsthand experience with the product in question. I don't know. I played about forty-five minutes total of No Man's yeah. Sky, and it doesn't suck. It's not for me, but sure. it, it doesn't suck. And P- I think also people have a. F- have a hard time drawing that distinction too. Yeah. Um, it's not for me base versus objectively bad. Whereas like, you know, for example, like it's like PUBG, right? Like, yeah. you know, PUBG is a good game, you know? Yeah. But it's just, I can't, it's not it. for you. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and you know, it is divinity. I'll probably never play divinity, yeah. but I'm sure that game is fantastic. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, I'm sure I'm sure every Madden game that's come out in the past years is mechanically exactly, sound. Exactly, exactly. But like, I'm not into football like that, yeah. so I'm not going to play it. You know, you know, Madden is a deep game. Yeah, with quality gameplay. Yeah, but like, that's I also, not for you. And I also feel yeah. like to play a game like that, you got to care about the source material. And I don't give a shit about the NFL. Right. Um. You know, so it's it's stuff like that where, but I can't. I'm not going to sit here and say Madden is a bad game because one, I haven't played a Madden since 2006, and if they let me press X to take a knee, I'll play it. Sure, <laughs> sure. Um, but it, you know, it's it. We we draw. We don't draw that distinction very often. And um, you know, I think that. I mean, don't get me wrong. You and I have both come out and said, "Oh, this game fucking sucks." We've both said that. Yeah, but that's you after know. having played it and knowing that it sucks. Sure. Yeah. Because uh, I will tell you, I will look you goddamn in the eye and tell you that Bound by Flame sucks. But that's the thing, though. Somebody loves Bound by Flame. I have sure. seen positive reviews. But of I Bound also by like Flame. I also like bad movies. Yeah. Yeah. Movies that I know that movie is bad. Right. And I can acknowledge its flaws. I will still I will still enjoy it. Like, I was just watching The Office today, and I was thinking about how I wish Threat Level Midnight was a real movie so I could watch. <laughs> um, you know, scarn. <laughs> uh, you know, but it's, it's it, it, I think that it's the lack of the, ab- the ability to, you know, recognize the shortcomings of, of, a, of a particular title. Yeah. Um, you know, I can, I can recognize the shortcomings in pretty much most of the games that I, that I enjoy, like I know the shortcomings of No Man's Sky. I know the shortcomings of of uh, of Ruiner. Yeah. Um, there are some things in Elite Dangerous that I wish were there, you know. But you know, I don't know the shortcomings of Odin's Fear. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> if I if I were to play it and and point them out to you, would you be receptive to that? If I felt like your points were valid. Okay. But they won't be. <laughs> <laughs> they can't be. <laughs> 
you've made an argument that you consider that to be the per- uh, a perfect video game. Yeah, I do. I think it's, it's it's foolish for people to say there's no such thing as a perfect movie. There has to be. Game or, there has to know. be. Yeah. Like, because, like, there's a, there are very... And perfect doesn't mean that it's good for everybody. Doesn't mean that everybody's gonna love it. Yeah, but there's but, like there's there's like there's yeah. a there, if you could check off there's a there's a checklist of these things somewhere. When you things. look at ever every major review site's, uh, you know, uh, criteria for score, right? I, I feel like that game destroys all of them. Mm. You know, which is weird because I feel like that. I've never read a review for Odin Sphere in my life. Yeah. But I would hazard to guess that that's probably never received a perfect score. Yeah. Yeah. You're probably right. Which is weird because I I feel fairly I to your point, I feel pretty confident that like but look, you know more about video games than I do and you know and I feel like you know whether or not that game would meet that criteria. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I bet you anything that that game meets some some outlets criteria for a perfect game and it still didn't get a perfect score. Well, it's funny. You hear like people like Daniel Bloodworth talk about scores for uh, video games when they were working at game trailers, you know? Yeah. And an editor would come in with a game that they thought deserved a perfect score. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times they have to fight and defend that perfect score, which I think they should have to do. If sure. you're a ma- major publication like that, I think sure. you should have to do. Sure. And a lot of times they can be denied the right to give that perfect score. Yeah. You know, um, the cool thing about us being being so small is we can give every game a perfect score if we sure. want to, and no one can stop us. That's true. I mean, no one will trust our opinion if we do that. But Tom, do you think that there are a lot of people who trust our opinions on things? It's funny, you know. We always talk about our our audience and like how many people consume our content, right? We know that on YouTube, that's very small. We know that audio, it's bigger, but it's not huge, you know? But, like, there are people that have come back for, at this point, years, you know? Yeah. You know, I I wonder, like, you know, I wonder how often, you know, like, for our, for our uh, segment, check it out, I wonder how often... Like, cause we're not like not we don't communicate with everybody who consumes our content, but um, I wonder how often those people actually do go and check it out. You know, I wouldn't say that it's all the time, but I've had people say, "Hey, I played this game or that game because you guys mentioned it." Yeah, you know. Um, what was that? What was that mobile game that you had done and check it out on way back when? Super where, Power Boy. No, where the guys text messaging you. Lifeline. Lifeline. I've had several people tell me they've played Lifeline. Yeah, um, and that's a, that's another one of those games because because like you would talk about visual uh, visual novels, and like at the time I was playing a lot of them. Um, and I don't know how similar to Lifeline visual novels are, but um, like that was a kind that was a subtype that I could get into because I was like I like I'm in I am control of the story, right? Yeah. I'm in the story, right? Right? So. Like, that's why I was so into it. Like, I have this person's life in my hands. Like, I'm getting text messages from this person. It felt... It was, like, a very immersive experience. It was, like... It felt as real as it could be. It, it was an it was immersive without... Like, it was... It's a weird kind of immersion, right? Because, like, when, that, when I'm not interacting with it, I'm just living my life, doing other shit not related to that game whatsoever. But, like, I'm still thinking about it. I think what's interesting with Lifeline and also games like Emily is Away... 
is that, you know, in both of those games, you it's all through text, and you respond with a choice of different text options, mm-hmm. right? And people talk about where is gaming going to go from here. Graphically, we can only improve so much, right? Once yeah. things look real, they look real. Things can only look you so know. real. Um, but a lot of people talk about what will probably come next um, will be advancements in AI. So what's cool, what I think will be cool, is with a game like Emily's Away or Mm -hmm. with a game like Lifeline, where instead of selecting from three options, you are now typing out what you would say, and they have a proper response Like a really advanced chatbot. Yeah. Which, from what I understand, those things are getting pretty uh, pretty witty. Yeah. Um, But to to see it implemented in in the game space, I think, would be really neat. Um, And I, I would like, you know, I... I think that's where we have to go next, right? Because, like that, and I, what I said before, um, or this is something that I've that I've felt for a while, is that getting getting the uh, PlayStation Four and the Xbox One that was cool, but like mechanically they weren't doing things that I felt like couldn't be done on what was already out on the market. Yeah, it, it wasn't getting your Nintendo sixty four or your PlayStation, right? Yeah, you know, and yeah. you know the games looked better. Which is cool, but like, I feel like that can only carry the medium so far. Um, and I, it seems, it would seem to me that the best way to move forward is to do more interesting things, you know, gameplay wise. I agree. And I think that's always the case. I think that just back, you know, older generations, uh, allowed us to do that while the movement to 3D was a graphical thing. It also changed the gameplay considerably. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, like with, you know, that's where we saw, you know, Mario 64, and yeah, that's where we exactly. got, you know, things like that. Um, but, like, with with this generation, you know, I talk a lot about, like, voxels and Resogun, right? Yeah. Resogun's uh, pretty great. You can play Resogun on PS3. You sure. can play Resogun on Vita. Yeah. Uh, it's not the same game. Yeah. And while the only difference might be visuals, uh, we, we just talked about style and substance, right? I think with a game like Resogun, those visuals really do help the experience. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's a large part of the housemark experience is, is like those, is those voxel effects, you know? And, uh, yeah, now with their more recent game sense, Rezo gun. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, again, I feel like for a lot of, like one of the things that, that keeps motivating me to kill more enemies in a housemark game is what happens visually when I do that. <clears throat> it's pleasing. Um, I played Rezo gun and Vita. It's still fun, but like nowhere near as fun. And the only real difference is there's not as much shit on screen at the same at, 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 at any given time. Yeah. You know, um, like playing you know playing Next Machina for three hours straight is just like it's like playing uh, when 3ds first came out, playing Super Street Fighter Four, and mm. like the uh, the NPCs in the background are just statues. Yeah, it's like they don't move. You're, you're playing it. You're like this is yeah. technically the same game, right? But... Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um. So I do. Th- I do think visuals are more important than people give them credit for. Yeah, more than I give them cre- credit for. Certainly, yeah. v- very frequently. You know, yeah. but uh, but I think that I think that for someone to for someone to like in the conversation about video games, for someone to just say, you know, graphics don't matter to me at all. It's yeah. all about gameplay. I think that they're kidding themselves. Well, what I'm saying is, like, at some point there will come come a time. It might not be in our lifetime, sure. but there will come a time where we can't make things look better. Yeah, you know. Um, and I, but I think that 
I think that there's the the focus on that should kind of be diverted to making games more interesting. Right. Um, because like, yes, every, you know, you know, like let's let's go with Call of Duty, right? Like, yes, every Call of Duty uh, that comes out is more interesting than the pre- or not more interesting, but better looking than the previous game. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, what I feel I would really need to draw me into that is let me do interesting things. Like, for example, letting me run on walls. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um, letting me fly spaceships. That's pretty cool. Yeah. Regardless of what people said, that's pretty awesome. Um, Regardless of what people said, they bought it. Yeah. They bought more of it than anything else. That's that, That's another That's another point, too. Uh, like, what is the point of raising a stink about something if you're just going to buy it anyway? You know, like, well, it's funny because we talk about like core gamers and, and, you know, the average consumer. And I think that most of the people that are raising a stink about it are probably not the people that are going out and buying it. Uh, it's just that, like, we exist in a bubble. We've talked about this on the show. You, me, Shanae, the people that listen to this, that watch this, mm. we're not the average, the average gamer. We're not. Mm. If you're watching the show, it's either for entertainment, uh, information or both you know sure you you're 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 the type of person who looks at a review for a console or a game or whatever that might be the average consumer is going into a store and picking something up or seeing a commercial on youtube and going to buy it yeah you know yeah but like and that's who's buying all the call of but duty. here's the thing is that at that uh, they outnumber us greatly i can't remember if it, it was psx where we saw this uh so you got to you got to think though that at at PSX when they showed when they showed uh, Call of Duty Infinite Warfare before they told you it was Call of Duty Infinite Warfare. I was E3, but yeah. Yeah, it was E3, right? Yeah. Before they uh before they told you it was Infinite Warfare, I bet you even I bet you the Call of Duty fans were looking at that game like that game looks badass. Yeah. And then you put Call of Duty on it's like what the fuck are you doing? Maybe, you know? Maybe, yeah. Like you Granted, maybe okay. I have to but, accept the fact that people that there are people out there who don't like space as much as I do. Well, and the joke of Call of Duty going to space has existed for years, you know. And then I just I feel like I feel like they did it, yeah, and that's fine. But then like it's here's here's another funny thing too though. If Call of Duty recently went back to World War Two, right? And that game, uh, that game sold even better, yeah. So it's and like it was still the number one selling game of the year. So it's at the point where, where does the criticism of that franchise come into play? It's like I said, the criticism is from us, it's from people who give a yeah. shit. It's, you know, the criticism. Like, there are people. I have friends uh, who have YouTube channels, mm-hmm. who have Twitch channels, but do not consume games media the way we do. Yeah, my friend Jacob, he that's what he plays. He plays Call of Duty every year. He buys Call of Duty, and that's his game to last him the whole year. Then he sure. buys the next one. I wonder what that. I, I feel like that. I wonder what that's like. It's probably great because you're getting a tremendous amount of value for sixty dollars. Sure, like because I was thinking about that. Because like when you said that, it immediately yeah. made me think of like how hard it is for me to not buy a game every week. Yeah, much less go twelve months without buying one. Yeah, you know. Um, but think about at the tw- at the end of that twelve months, and you're getting your new one. How excited you probably are! Yeah, you know, um, and 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 that's exactly like, that's exactly what I mean is like there's people that consume this content that are still the average average consumer, right? Like mm-hmm. people that watch Jacob shit, 
they're watching it because they respect his opinion, but his opinion is always going to be, hey, the new Call of Duty looks awesome. Go buy it. Sure. You know? <laughs> sure. Uh, yeah, you know, I the, my, I guess the I think the takeaway from this is, you know, listen to other people, but form your own opinions. Yeah. Um, which I, in some cases, I think, I think it's, I think in some cases, like, it's easy to get away from that. Um, especially like you get caught up in the, like the frenzy of whatever. It's kind of, sometimes it's kind of hard to get away from that. Well, it's like we do check it out, right? Which is a, a basically a recommendation show on games that maybe aren't selling super great. Yeah. You know, or games that are, are lesser known or, or whatever it might be. And there's been times where you or Shanae has done a check it out where I'm like, I respect your guys' opinion very much. I'm not playing that game. Sure. You know, it's happened. But it goes back to like, that game might be good, but it's not for me. Right. You know? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Um, I think very much so with a lot of Shanae's picks. Yeah. But you know what? Uh, one of Shanae's weirdo Toby games is one of the most viewed videos on our channel. Yep. So obviously it found an audience somewhere. Yeah. You know? Um, you know, like, I think I think that one of my favorite check it outs that you did actually was um was the one for Spec Ops the line. Uh specifically because it's like it's not a game that no one knows about, right? Mm-hmm. But at the same time it's like it's a game that not a lot of people bought. Yeah. And um and I think that even when the game came out, like a lot of people knew about it, they just didn't buy it. Um, but at the same time, you, I remember you in talking about it, like you attributed to the fact that like that game was marketed the wrong way. It was. Um, because it was marketed as like a generic shooter, which of which we had dozens at the time. Um, which, well, and that's what the series had always been up until that point. Sure. Um, and so like there's that association too, right? Like, well, okay. Another spec ops game. Who cares? Right. It's like if a new call of duty came out that was extremely well written, you know, Nobody would expect that from Call of Duty. Still waiting. Yeah. Um, you know, but then you act like to actually play uh, Spec Ops the line, um, you see that it's let, there's nothing generic about that game. Um, well, we need to do an episode on revisionist history, right? Yeah. Because there are a lot of people, oh, I love Spec Ops when it came out. A lot of people, oh, I loved Luigi's Mansion, loved mm-hmm. The Wind Waker. It's like, I loved the Dreamcast. You fuckers didn't love any of this shit. Yeah. You know? The numbers The numbers are there. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? We should do a whole episode on that. Yeah, because like... Uh, I didn't buy a Dreamcast at launch. I bought a Dreamcast when it was dying. Whole, when I when you know? like when uh, when I when I hear someone talking about the Dreamcast, it's like yeah. I love the Dreamcast, such a great system. And I always look at them like, really? Yeah. Because like, so you were one of the very few people then, you know? <laughs> yeah. which is possible. Which I is mean, possible, like, but... don't get me wrong. I got a Dreamcast the year it came out, but I was also, you know, I was also the kid who just I had to have the newest system all the time, regardless of what it was. Um, look, there's a lot of people that are like. I loved the Wind Waker from day one, right? Yeah. And like, okay, it's possible that you're one of those people. Mm-hmm. But it's not possible that all of you are one of those people. Sure. You know what I mean? There's more people who say they like Wind Waker <laughs> than actually bought Wind Waker. Exactly. Which, I mean, if I feel like if uh, if you say that you like Wind Waker, then you owe it to yourself to go play that game. Because it's, cause even as someone <coughs> who is not really actually a Legend of Zelda fan... Mm-hmm. Uh, that game pulled me in for a good long time. Yeah. Uh, and I feel that if a game can do that to someone who is like a very much a, a fair weather fan of that, of that franchise, then like, 
that's that says something about about that game. Yeah. Um, but I feel, I, anyways, I, I feel Spec Ops is very much like that. There are a lot of people claiming to love Spec Ops now. Yeah. Um, and the sales don't reflect all of them. The, you know. Yeah. That's a it's a really great game though. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing, right? There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with you coming in well after that game yeah. has has sunsetted yeah. and enjoying it. You that know? game came out, what, 2012? Yeah, it's it's fine to say I never played it, but I played it now and I love it. You yeah. know? There's nothing wrong with saying that. I think people just like... <laughs> but people like people want that, that gamer cred, you know? And I was like, it doesn't matter. When I was a kid, I used to lie about, about seeing movies that I hadn't seen. Exactly. Exactly. Man. And I don't know why I did it. Yeah. Like, uh, someone would be like... Someone asked me, like, you ever saw see Billy Madison? Yeah. And I was like, yeah. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I love that movie. Yeah. <laughs> I had never seen it at the time. So, like, yeah. uh, and I don't know why I did it. Um, and I don't, and, and, like, to the, like, I don't know why you would lie about game having played games that you haven't played. Yeah. Like, if anything, I would love to have never played Spec Ops Line just so I could experience that game for the first time again. Well, you know, there's times, especially with uh, James Sandusky in, in our Discord. What up, Sandy? Where he'll mention a game. Uh-huh. And, like, it's a game I know I probably should have played. I probably would have really loved it, you know. Mm -hmm. It's very highly regarded. Sure. And I'm just like, "Ah, yeah, never played it, you know. Uh, What was that game he was talking about? Drakengard? Oh, yeah, yeah, Drakengard. Is it Drakengard? I believe so. I never played it. Yeah, me neither. Uh, I asked him, what is it? Like, like, what's it like? Do people like that game? Yeah. I don't know. I guess. I don't know. Is it an RPG? I've, I've heard a lot of people talk about it. Have you heard them say it's an RPG? I, you know what? I'm probably going to get this wrong, and someone's going to tear me apart for it. Uh. Maybe you know this. Uh. What was the precursor to the Near series? I don't know. Is that not it? I don't know. I don't know anything about Near. Okay. <laughs> so, like, okay. Uh, I do know that the the cover to the first Near does not look like it would be in any way related to the new Near. Hold on. Uh. <sighs> Is it Automata? Automata? It's Automata. The developers say Automata. Everyone else says Automata. What do you think, Tom? I say go with what the developers say. Yeah. Yeah, Drakengard is a precursor to Nier. Okay. Yeah. Is is either Nier an RPG? I've never played a Nier game. Mm. I want to play that new one. Uh, I bet you, you Nier is another one of those franchises that people lie about. I've never played any of them, but like that new one looks super cool. Yeah. Now but, I'm not gonna go back and play the first one. No, why would you? I probably won't play Drakengard, but <laughs> why would you? That seems like too yeah. much time. Yeah. Well, even with Near, like even with Near Automata, like they want you to beat that game three times. Ah, I'm you right. know. I'll well, be, I mean, to get all of the story, yeah, you I, need I, to pl- you I, need I, to beat I get it, three it. Times, yeah. I get it. But th- then again, I've never played that game, so maybe I won't be spent after the first time. Sure. But I might be. Uh, yeah. But, you know, it is it is what it is. I've seen that game a lot, and it's like, top games of 2017 that you won't ever play. And I'm like, don't tell me that. You don't know what I'll do. Sure. In fact, I'm going to play it just because you said that. <laughs> uh, there's, actually a, there's actually a really long... Uh, story about uh, one time, it like the con- the the condensed version is that one time, twenty years ago, uh, G- GamePro p- 
published uh, an article about the then new Need for Speed game, and uh, in that uh, in that article there was a picture of a '92 Nissan Skyline, and the uh, the caption read, "You will never own this car." Mm. Uh, and, and then it, you did, and then I did. <laughs> uh, it took it took it took like 15 years to happen, but uh, I just thought that was funny. Um, yeah, you know, every once in a while I see. A thing like GameSpot comes up in my feed on Facebook. Yeah, I'm not. I don't follow the GameSpot page on Facebook, but it, I guess it shows up just because of the stuff that I do follow. And um, every once in a while, they publish some article. Like, there's an article that's pushed into my timeline from like a year ago or something, and it's like top piece. Like, games that are only coming to PC. Mm-hmm. Console gamers are really missing out. And I'm like. And that article just like that article always like rubbed me the wrong way. I don't know why. It just like really bothers me. I don't know, man. That stuff doesn't get to me too much. Like everything has its exclusives. And, but that's also the and I and there are games on every platform. Like every platform, Xbox included, that I think if you don't own that platform, you are missing out. Sure. You know. With that said, I haven't turned on my Xbox in over six months yeah but you have those games that you could possibly miss out on because everything else is on pc now Mm. you know yeah uh i got that sunset overdrive i'm never gonna play that again yeah uh that is what it's called right yeah okay i have that uh that's like one of the only reasons i wanted an xbox was for that game yeah and ori but now i have ori on pc i actually sometimes wonder if you'd be into that game I've liked most all other Insomniac games. Yeah, I just well, I just wonder if like unless it's like very similar to Spyro, then I probably won't be into it. Is it like Spyro? <laughs> uh, there is a dragon at some point, but like I have to like we're talking about style. And I'm wondering at some points if like this because that because that that game is hours long, and I'm wondering if at some point that style would start to grate on your nerves. I don't think so. Uh, I think style matters less to me yeah. than it does to you. Yeah. You know, there are games that I play, and I'm like, wow, this game looks fucking awesome. Yeah, but there are some ugly games. That well, it's I, not that even I like love, visually, but like know? in terms of like writing and like the way. Oh yeah, like writing will bother me. Yeah, like some because some of those. Some of those jokes, like ab- yeah. like when I hit hour ten, I was like, "All right, let's uh, yeah. <laughs> let's keep this moving." But you know, like the I'm playing Ghostly Adventures right now, and like that game has terrible writing because yeah. that that is an adaptation of a show based on a video game. Sure, and so it's a, a it's, show for children. You know, like it's so it's a, it's a Pac Man with the hands and the boots. Yeah, but it's on, based on that Cartoon Network show, and like. It's that show is for kids, like yeah. li- little kids, probably, and it's, sure. it's not great, you know. Sure. But like, uh, it's weird what they market to little kids. Like, yeah, hey, hey, youngsters, <laughs> you're gonna love this this franchise from the seventies. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, they still make seventies, eighties. They still make Flintstones know. vitamins. Yeah, you know. Yeah, yeah, you know that cartoon from the sixties that you never watched. <laughs> You're gonna love these. They still sell those Flint. They still sell those Fred Flintstone orange sherbet push pops, which are they're so good. They're delicious. So good. But I don't think Fred Flintstone is helping sell them. Um, I mean, I like the Flintstones, so when I see those, it makes me want it more. Sure, sure. Uh, it's like your desire to eat my Mario cereal. Mm-hmm. You know, you've had Lucky Charms. Sure. You just want a delicious bowl of that Mario goodness. Yeah. 
Which I will probably never consume. No, Sandy said he'll help you out. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that well now because he'll give me a, he'll give me that box, and then I'll be like, "What's Tom know that I don't?" And then I'll just keep mine sealed too. I don't know anything. I just have hunches. Yeah, you know. What do you think of the What do you think of the chances that that box of cereal will be worth a sizable portion of money in five years? It's already worth much more than a box of cereal should be worth. And by much more, I mean you can find it on eBay for like $20, $30. Okay. Grand, this thing's only been out for, what, a month? Yeah. I think the fact that it's an Amiibo helps it. Sure. You've not used that Amiibo yet? No. Can you do that without opening the box? Yes. Okay. It's funny because like when they first announced it, people were like, oh, people are going to be taking their Switches into grocery stores so they can scan the Amiibos. Who like, the fuck is doing that? It's like nobody's, one, the thing sold out too fast for anybody to do it. And two, nobody's going to do that for some coins, you know? But uh, I think, see, that's the thing, too, is that people come up with like the dumbest predictions, you know, like 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 predictions that like that don't make any sense. Like my predictions for like what something games related could be possibly be worth is typically pretty educated, right? Uh, you take, like, what was the... What fucking game was it? Retro City Rampage uh-huh. DX. Right. The PlayStation 4 version. Uh-huh. At the time that came out... This is before Limited Run Games was doing their whole thing. Yeah. At the time that came out, that had the lowest print run of any physical PS4 game. Right. And I can tell you from previous consoles, just because a game has a limited run... It can be a terrible fucking game because it has a limited run. That game will be worth money. Mm-hmm. What's that Wii U game that everyone talks about that had a real brief print run? I don't know. I don't know. It's not the zombie one? Nah. Well, maybe. I don't know. Because I don't think that was it. I don't know. Now you got me thinking about it. But that's what I'm saying. It's, it's always educated guesses, right? Yeah. Like I had my stepmom. My stepmom bought into the whole beanie baby craze back in the day. What mom didn't? Yeah, like, oh, these are gonna these are gonna help me retire. I'm like, well, nope, nope, because everybody thought that. Sure, and they mass produced those things. Yeah, they know? saturated like, the market with those babies. Yeah. Hey, you know, if they didn't do that, how if they didn't if like if they didn't flood the market with with those beanie babies, mm-hmm. how much do you think they'd be worth now? I don't know, man. How many? I guess it depends on the demand, right? Sure. I also but feel like the, but the, the demand for retro games has increased so drastically over the past decade. See, there was it's funny because there was like a uh, there was like a there was like a uh, a res, like a brief resurgence like back in the mid two thousands, mm-hmm. like where to the point where GameStop was set, like taking and selling retro games for a little bit. And they are again now. Yeah, and then it and then it just stopped. Yeah. for a while. Well, it's like you you and I a couple of months ago went through my. Uh, Amazon orders. Oh yeah, that from, was that was fun from the mid two thousands, right? That, that was fun. And seeing games that are worth a crazy amount now that I bought off of Amazon for like five bucks. Sure, you know, times have changed. People want to collect retro stuff now more yeah. than they ever did before. Why do you suppose that is? Uh, I think it's because I think it's specifically because people our age that came up with that stuff mm-hmm. can now afford to buy all that stuff again. Right. So how many how many virtual boys do you think are being sold right now? I mean, I know people that want them. I know a couple of people that have them, but not that many could be sold because not that many were produced. Sure. So how many Dreamcasts do you think are being sold right now? Probably a lot, dude. Probably a lot. How many of those do you think were made? I don't know, man. Your guess is as good as mine. Less than a million? No, it's gotta be more than a million. I bet it's in the hundreds of thousands. You think so? Yeah, I don't think it made t- I don't think there have been a million Dreamcasts. Because think about how long 
Okay, that thing launched in 99. It was on the market for what, two years? Yeah. And if it. And Not on the market, but, you know, produced for two years, I believe. Yeah. I don't think they made it to a million units by the time they stopped making it. I'd be surprised if they didn't, but I don't know. Um, you know, the thing about that, the thing about, okay, not not the Dreamcast really, but the thing about the Saturn, which I enjoyed the Saturn quite a bit, if I'm being honest. Um, uh, probably the console I wanted the most at that time and like, never had. I just wondered like what made them think that they could just launch a console without telling anybody about it first. I wonder like what the strategy behind that was and why they thought that would work. I don't know, man. And now I'm starting to wonder how I knew about it in the first place. I mean, I knew about it for, from magazines. Yeah. But, I mean, I think the thing was already out by the time I knew about it. Yeah. Uh, the Sega Saturn was really cool. It just... It was the first place... It was where I first played Duke Nukem. Okay. Uh, it was where I... I also played... It was, oops. Oops. Whoa, whoa, hold whoa. On. Hold on, hold on, hold on. It was where I first played Daytona USA. Okay, yeah. Um, I still want a Saturn. Yeah. Hey, man, those light gun games, like virtu- like both Virtua Cops. Yeah. Fun fa- as hell. Fantastic on Saturn. Well, um, Saturn was like, in the fighting game community, is largely regarded as the best console for fighting games. Even that Fighter's Mega Mix? You know what that is? Yeah, I know. It, yeah, I've never played it, but I know what it is. One because of all the Capcom fighters that released on that console. Third Strike, and two because of the controller itself. Because it's a good controller. Uh, my, For fighting games specifically, mine great, wasn't yeah. so good because when I was a kid, I spilled syrup on it. And the B button stuck real bad. Fight pads now are modeled after the Saturn controller. I noticed that. Yeah. Um. That was also. I also played Mortal Kombat. Was it Ultimate Mortal Kombat Three? One of the Mortal Kombat 3s on the Sega Saturn. Die Hard, Die Hard Trilogy on the Sega Saturn. I had Die Hard Trilogy on PS1. Yeah. Um, yeah, that was just... Uh, Sega Saturn was pretty great. And except for... There was one game that I played on it that had Kirk Cameron in it that I didn't care for. Remember the ad campaign with the bald dude with the swirly thing around his head? Mm. Like, you know the swirly thing on the Saturn logo? Yeah. It was that around the guy's head. No, I don't remember that. Yeah. I do remember... Wait. Was the head disembodied? I don't remember. Okay, because I do remember... I do remember a Sega Saturn commercial with a weird disembodied head. Uh, But then again, video game advertising back then was either straightforward or just weird. Um. Oh, not even just back then. It carried through. Like, think about the PlayStation 3 ad campaign, you know? Oh, with yeah. With the baby. Ugh. Yeah. Ugh. Like, well, how, how does that say video games at all, you know? <laughs> uh, the, where, I remember when, um, I remember when people were trying to go, like, really hard into, like, edge territory. Mm. Like, uh, I remember when, I remember when Nokia was trying to sell the Engage, all their advertising was some kind of innuendo. Yeah. Um, like that that shirt that they that they released that that said are you ready to have a three way in the back of a cab which is you know no but what are you getting at like you got three people with Nokia gauges <laughs> in the back of a cab playing them you know um oh man I, you know i've thought about it before i would love to do an episode where we just like watch and talk about old trailers old there's a shows. there is a lot but, of like, them there's so much licensing issues with that yeah you know 
Yeah. But I mean we could do it on mute, but yeah. that wouldn't be as fun. Yeah. Um remember remember Nintendo's play it loud campaign? Mm-hmm. Play it loud, yeah. Um I remember th- at one point they were using white zombie. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. It was like for like one advertisement they <coughs> like Rob Zombie. Like and I, he wasn't like actually directly involved, they just like licensed his music for it. Um but yeah, video video game advertising is weird, and I don't really ad- I don't really see, now that I think about it, like all the all the hours that I spend on YouTube and whatever, I don't see video game ads so often anymore. I mean, I still do, not a tremendous amount, but like it, it depends on who's really pushing it. Yeah, I see a lot of PlayStation stuff, a lot of Xbox stuff. I saw a lot of Final Fantasy fifteen ads. Yeah, you know, I still see Final Fantasy fifteen ads actually. Yeah, yeah, because uh, that game is like still like. It's still it's still growing. Yeah. Um. Apparently, content is supposed to. I think he. I think the director said through the end of this year. But um. A lot of Nether Realms ads. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, has Nether Realms said what their next game is going to be? No. But I think they just released Enchantress. Yeah. Uh, or are getting th- ready to this coming week. Yeah. yeah. I'm just waiting for Turtles. Oh yeah, I think that's I think that's when I'll go back to that game is when Turtles. Turtles happens. is probably when I will purchase that game for the first time. <laughs> um, I just I want to see what it is. Like I like am am I are they each their own separate character? Are they all one character? Like I want to know what that is. They they will be one character on the selection screen with different styles. But that's the thing is that like then they'd be the only that'd be the only slot that does that cuz no one else in the game does that I bet that. you it will still happen that way I mean it makes sense yeah but I would put money on that's what they do like even if it's the only character that does that yeah there's a lot of weird fighting game mechanics like that <clears throat> there are fighting games that were like fuck what game was i playing Tekken Tekken right mm-hmm. Akuma in Tekken is the only one with that that fucking meter yeah. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Only yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I guess you're right. Hell. Uh Vega's the only one with a claw that that uh that he has. Or that can climb. Yeah. Right? Yeah. I bet you that's what they do with turtles. It'll be one one slot on the select screen. Mm-hmm. But then you can pick. You know, and I and part. I bet I, I bet by now I can look it up and find out the answer, but I kind of also want to just find out when it when it comes out. You know, as I'm getting deeper I've been playing a lot of Mortal Kombat X. I noticed. And as I'm getting deeper into that game, mm-hmm. I'm realizing that this whole style thing, three styles per character, is more drastic and alarming than I thought it would be. Explain. Because before, like, so like, I usually play Katana in Mortal Kombat games, right? So I'm playing around with Katana, I'm trying out the three different styles, and it's like, okay, this style gets rid of this move, but adds that move. Or gets rid of these two moves, but adds these two moves, right? Like, okay, so, still fairly similar, but some significance there start trying out other characters dude kenji his three styles are completely different that is a different character each of those three styles yeah that roster's already huge sure you know it's crazy yeah like like none of his special moves are the same between his three and styles. each one none changes his sword somehow yeah yeah uh is, so is, does that does that increase or lessen your concerns about the balancing of that game? Oh, it increases my concerns about that game. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I I mean I played online for a little bit, but I'm not going to seriously play that game online. I mean, and I am having fun playing it from a single player standpoint. Yeah. But like, 
I'm amazed that people take that game seriously. At a competitive level, I'm amazed people take that game seriously. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like, Don't get me wrong. I've seen people that are skilled at that game. And you, know, you can be skilled at a game, but like, I think that if they're going to take it, if if there's going to be tournament play for games like these, there should be hard rules of what you can and cannot do. And in this game, I think they should say, these are the styles for these characters that you are allowed to pick. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and they'll never do that. Why? I don't know. You know what I heard? Uh, well, I didn't hear it, but I read it recently that... Uh, and this is and this is just in passing, so I don't have the full context. But apparently, Arms isn't doing so great in the competitive scene. Yeah, but like that's the thing, right? Like with Splatoon and with Arms, Nintendo came out and said we would like these to potentially be esports, but we want that to come from the community organically. It's not something we're going to push for. Sure, you know, when a game sells a million copies, like Arms did, which is a good amount of games, you're not going to see a huge scene for it. Yeah, right. You're just not. Yeah. Even the Splatoon competitive scene is small at best. Yeah. Yeah. You look like you've been, you had been having a lot of fun with that game. Yeah. Um, I'm kind of just biding my time until the 26th of this month so I can play Monster Hunter. Oh, yeah. Monster Hunter. I'm really excited. Uh, it's funny you said that Splatoon takes up like half my Discord. <laughs> like half of it is Splatoon Discords. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I'm. I just want that game to be out. I didn't participate in the. They're they're doing. I think they're doing one more beta, like. Yeah, so this like one seems few, more significant because yeah. you can actually get something that might matter. Yeah, it's like uh, some kind of dragon. Mm. Whereas the rest have been like gear that nobody like low level gear that you're not going to want after a couple hours anyway. Sure. I think well, I think a lot of that stuff is just this, just like just to have it. Yeah. Like I have it and you can't have it. So. Um. You know, Monster Hunter concerns me. Because we were talking about it in Discord last night, somebody brought it up. Like, Tom, you gonna get Monster? You brought it up. Yeah. So Tom, you gonna play Monster? And I'm like, eventually, yes. Sure. Probably not day one because there's a lot of fighting games coming out in January that I want. Right. Uh, but then other people on our Discord started talking about it too. Yeah. I'm like, well, fuck. If all you guys are gonna be playing it, maybe I do need to get it day one. You know. Be part of the zeitgeist. Uh. But, well. Uh. I mean, I'm going to get it day one cause I, just because I love Monster Hunter. Yeah, well, and finally I said, well, I'll start it in a month and then you guys can carry me. <laughs> I mean, sure. Uh, I, I'm just, I'm ready for that game to come out to consoles again. Um, I'm done playing it on the 3DS. Uh, don't get me wrong, I like those entries. I want to get it on PC. Then get it on PC. But I want to play with you guys. Then get it on PlayStation. Is there cross-play? Probably not. There's cross-play with other Capcom games in PlayStation. Then maybe so. Street Fighter. But I didn't pro- play Street Fighter with PlayStation people. Hey, look, man. Oh, I didn't even think about that. I have to tell I have to tell Sandy that. What? That he can buy it on PlayStation and we can still play together. What, Street Fighter? Yeah, because last night he's like, where are you guys like? I'm probably getting it on PC. He's like, oh, I guess I'll get it on PC then too. No, I just get, it, on, bro. get, you get it where you want. Yeah. We can still play that together. Yeah. Uh, I bet you Monster Hunter has crossplay. If it does, then great. Then get it on your computer because you, you want to play it on your computer. And plus the PlayStation's not in here anymore. Yeah, it's in my closet. <laughs> um, yeah, I just like my whole thing. My reasoning for getting it on PlayStation is more based out of sentiment, sentimentality than anything else. Because of PlayStation Two. Yeah, um, yeah, that's my primary reason. And also, in my in my limited time with that game, it seemed fine on PlayStation. So 
I don't see a reason to get it on a computer. Honestly. No, Nintendo served that franchise well, but uh, it always felt like a PlayStation franchise. And maybe that's just because of where it's rooted, you know. Yeah. But uh, you know what? I wouldn't. I want Capcom to bring back Resident Evil Outbreak. There is so much I want Capcom to do, but I'm proud of Capcom lately. I think they're they're doing better than they have, a what's lot better f- than they have in recent years. What's your favorite thing that Capcom has done lately? Lately? Yeah. Either the Street Fighter 30th anniversary. There's too much there's too many. There's too many. They've done a lot of good things re- recently. Yeah. Street Fighter 30th. Yeah. Uh the Mega Man stuff, right? With yeah. a, with 11 Mm-hmm. And the collections coming out, the X collection and all that, mm-hmm. the Disney Afternoon collection, mm-hmm. uh, fucking Resident Evil Seven. Like I don't think anybody saw that happening. You know, they they they're fucking killing it lately. They've had missteps, sure, Marvel versus Capcom, but you know, I think that for people who grew up as fans of Capcom, right? It's weird. It's weird growing up as a fan of a publisher because you're a little kid and you don't know a lot about video games, but you know you see that logo at the beginning of games that you love, right? Yeah. And uh, and then they did a lot to disappoint people for a long time, and now I really feel like they're. It's good to be a Capcom fan again. Um, shit, Monster Hunter. Yeah. You know, like any concerns, like. Granted, all I did was play the beta. Yeah. But uh, any, con- I felt like the concerns that I had about Monster Hunter World, which were few, um, I wasn't feeling them by the end of that. By the time I was done with that beta. And here's the thing, right? Like Monster Hunter Worlds could come out and be terrible. Sure. Mega Man Eleven could come out and be terrible. Yeah. Street so Fighter Collection could come out with a broken netcode. Yep. Uh, but I'm hopeful. You know. And I think that's, I think that it's easier to feel that way and uh, feel hopeful about video games now, especially after the year we just had. Yeah. Um, I feel like they're making a lot of good moves, a lot of the right moves. Yeah. And I feel like when they do make mistakes, like Marvel vs. Capcom, it's a mistake that's not that detrimental to them because I don't think they spent a lot of money on that game. Yeah. <laughs> and that is kind of an insult, but like I don't, I don't feel like they put a lot of money into it. Or well, time. you should. I just feel like you should never develop a game as a reaction to something else. Yeah. Um. Which is like, and they haven't come out and said that, but I think it's pretty apparent that that's a reaction to the Nether Realms games. Yeah. Did you see what uh what Nexon said about Lawbreakers? No. They said that Lawbreakers failed, and it's PUBG's fault. I think that PUBG certainly didn't help Lawbreakers. Sure. No, those, those games are radically different. I think that they very much cater to the a very similar audience. Yeah. And PUBG. Uh, PUBG got in the way of a lot this year. Sure. Yeah. Um, but they, they've like Nexon has written off Lawbreakers as a loss, and uh, yeah, they, they say that. that I mean, I think that was apparent from week one. Yeah. You know. <laughs> um, and they, and they, they, I, I just don't get like blaming the existence of another video game. I think it's not professional to do. Yeah. Uh, but I think there's some truth to it. I don't think it's something they should say. <laughs> well, I th- I don't think that because I don't think that I I don't think that uh, that um, what PUBG Corporation is directly responsible for the failure of your video game. It may like I think that's discounting the possibility that uh, you just didn't make a very compelling video game. 
I, I, I mean, that is a possibility. And I have not, I don't know, like, I've played very little Lawbreakers. Right. It's a good video game. I don't, th- I think that very few people that are into that kind of game would pick it up and say that it's not a good video game. Are good and compelling interchangeable? I think it is compelling, but no, they're not interchangeable. Mm. But there are things in that game that are not in other hero shooters. Right. This is not Overwatch again. It's not right. Team Fortress again. Right. And uh, but wouldn't you say like would would you say that on like like if we're talking about like a casual consumer, right? Yeah. Like on a surface level, would you would you you think people would be tempted to draw the comparison to Overwatch? I think on a surface level, people say Overwatch looks way better. Yeah. And I'd agree. Yeah. You know, it, it like that is not. It's not an ugly game, but there's nothing that jumps out about it. Yeah. Uh, but I do think there's some some truth to, to PUBG eating into the sales of, of especially a game like Lawbreakers and probably probably Quake Champions as well. Yeah. You know. Uh, I hear no one's playing Quake Champions. You know, I've not heard much about Quake Champions. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, at one point, I missed the opportunity to get Quake Champions for free. Um. But there's a re- like there's a reason that Fortnite put a battle royale mode in their game. There's a reason that Paladins just did it. Mm-hmm. You know, right. is Paladins doing well? I wonder. I bet you it's doing better this week. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so like, is that the thing now? Like, yeah, because like, I mean, like, like who else put a uh, Call of Duty put a battle royale mode in their game? Really? Yeah. Um, I did not know that. Yeah, uh, I know GTA Five did something similar. Mm-hmm. It's not the same, but similar. I don't know. Yeah, I just I that's the kind of game people. When do you? How long do you think it is going to be until we get an actual battle royale game? I don't know, but like everybody that's like hating on these companies for doing it, and they're like, "Oh, we're just copying that." Like every game's copying something. Calm down. Also, you know, like and yeah, like I don't have a problem with it, but like. Like, there are games that are straight ripoffs, like Oceanhorn. Oceanhorn is a straight ripoff of The Legend of Zelda, you know? Like, I'm surprised that Nintendo would publish that game on their platforms. I'm surprised Nintendo would not file a lawsuit over that game, you know? Sure. But uh, as far as, you know, these Battle Royale modes, like, people forget how quickly a Horde mode was was a thing, you know, all and, and how many how many people claim that all horde modes were copying, you know, like gears or whatever. Well, know? here's the thing too: is like, okay, so you're reading you're reading the trends, and you're like, well, we would really like this game to sell. Yeah, let's put this thing in there that people like. Also, people forget about people forget that there was a period of time where like you didn't launch, you didn't release your sh- your first person shooter without multiplayer in it. Right. You know? Yeah. Exactly, exactly. So, I mean, I don't know. I just, I, I think it's a weird thing to get upset about, but, you know, my only concern with, where, with Fortnite was that I was just concerned that no one was going to be playing the cooperative mode anymore, because that's, that's what I went to Fortnite for. Oh, like 2016, right? 2016, everybody's like, oh, every game's a Souls-like. Everything's copying Souls, and I was like, you know, these games, some of them aren't even in the same genre. They're just, there's a, thing or two that are similar to souls oh speaking of speaking know. of uh weird naming conventions for video game genres uh i recently heard uh a substitute for metroidvania to be pathfinder game 
That's what, dumb. You lo- so we're sticking with Metroidvania then? Yeah, I think Metroidvania makes more sense in this case. Uh, it sucks because you hate that one too. I don't hate it, but I don't care for having genres named after specific titles. Yeah. Uh, like roguelike, you know? Yeah. But... Well, uh, I don't know what I would call a roguelike if not a roguelike. Yeah. I don't know what I'd call it. Well, it's like if you think about like the term RPG yeah. doesn't really make sense either. Yeah. But we've used that forever. Yeah. You know? I guess it's too late now. Yeah. It's too late to go back. Uh, hey, Tom. Mm. Do you remember the first time we tried to podcast? Yeah. It was in my bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, a long time ago. 2014. We recorded it and you never posted it anywhere. Yeah. That was a fun time. And then we, and then. Then we never did it again. Never did it again. Yeah. What was it? What year was the first episode of this? Of like this? Yeah. Not the, not the other one. I always forget our first episode. We talked about one of three games. Uh huh. And I always forget it was either Fallout, Street Fighter, or Phantom Pain. Huh. But our first episode was on one of those three. Right. I want to say it was on Phantom Pain. Yeah. You know, we've been doing And this. that was before the game launched. Sure. Yeah. By the time that episode went up, I think that the game had launched. I don't think it had, dude. Hmm. Mm. I don't know. I'll have to, I, like, I can look on our RSS to see what our first thing was. Yeah. But it's cool. It's cool, though, to, like, look at, uh, let pictures. Uh, that have been posted since the inception of this uh, podcast, mm-hmm. and uh, because before it was uh, it was us in a couple of chairs separated by a bar stool with a phone on it. Well, the first time it was us sitting on the floor. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, it's I I I, th- I remember it because like we were sitting on the patio having our cigarettes, and we we're like, man. We talk about video games together a lot. We should probably record it, and then we did. Yeah, well, it's funny because you and I had these conversations regularly before we ever recorded it. Yeah. You know, so, like, it seemed pretty natural. Although, I will say, like, the first few times we did it, I wasn't really very comfortable doing it. Sure. I feel like I'm much more comfortable with it now. Yeah. But, um, you know what's, what's even weirder? What? Uh, we've not even been doing video, Twitch streaming, gameplay capture. We haven't been doing any of that for even a year yet. Yeah. Yeah. This is fun. Yeah. You know, Tom, we've been friends for 20 years. Okay. And I consider us to be best friends. I don't feel like that's a stretch. Okay. <laughs> uh, I say we know each other. Yeah. Okay. So, I'm looking forward to uh, 2018. What would you like us to do in 2018? So, I okay. There, uh, there is a segment that we started. I'd like us to go. I'd like us to start two games, one cup again. Okay. Um, because that was as a Twitch exclusive thing, or on YouTube as well. Uh, I think YouTube as well. Um. I really liked the premise for that, and it was really fun to do. And I also, I also had like a lot of really fun comparisons lined up. Me too. Um, it just sucked that at like around the time that uh, we started doing that, like my work schedule was all fucked up, and so it was it was hard to like come over here and and do that. But 
now that things have more like have been more stabilized like it's like it's a lot easier to do that um and i really really like that because i thought that was like a really compelling idea um i'd like to you know i'd like to see what kind of things we can do to kind of uh maybe revise some of the uh some of the things that we have been doing to make them a little bit more uh entertaining to look at um what do you mean I don't know yet. I don't. Uh, but I think that, you know, every once in a while it's good to shake things up a little bit. There are several things that I've been working on and will continue to work on. Uh, and some things I haven't worked on. They're just, you know, ideas at this point. Sure. But, like, I had an idea for a series that included our audience. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we've gathered video for one episode of that. But I still, I still do need some videos from some other people. And I realized that I can't do a recurring thing that is dependent on so many other people. Sure. At least not at this point. Maybe when the audience grows a bit more. Yeah. But not yet. It's not realistic yet. I will still put this video together and release this one as a one-off. Yeah. Uh, But as far as a series goes, I think that's going to have to be on the back burner for a little while. Yeah. I do want to drastically change the newscast, and you and I will talk about that, because the newscast is our least viewed thing. Yeah. It's our least listened to thing as well. Sure. Um, I still do intend to present the news. I just intend to do it in a more entertaining way. Is this is this your way of snaking the morning zoo thing? No, not at all. Okay. Uh, I would, that'd be, <laughs> that would be great. Though. I want us to stream more. Yeah. And I've been making an attempt at that. I, I want you guys to as well. And I think a big part of that is making like a unified graphics package that I can give to both you and Chanae to use. Package. Uh, <laughs> And then, uh, other than that, you know, just keep doing what we're doing. Yeah. Like, it's funny. The growth has been organic, right? Like, I'd, I, it's rare that I tell people, hey, listen to our show. Yeah. It's the been, people or, just it's been organic. Us. And, like, the audio has been stronger than, than the visual. But, like, even the video, it's, it's growing very slowly, but it's growing. Yeah. Uh, I feel like, um, like some of our, some of our listeners, uh, are here because I kind of, um, you know, because I would I would share our stuff places, but like the the thing about I think like the fact that uh, our friend Corey found us, which was kind of found me on uh, PSN, I think. Yeah. Um, that like some like someone from like, who lives in another country, like just finding us like in that way is well, we've got that video from that fellow from Germany as well. Yeah. You know? But like I think my favorite thing is like disc Joshy and our discord he's like, not a friend of a friend no dude he found us because of my fucking frogger's great adventure let's play because one day he's just looking up frogger and i think that's what's great about stuff like that and great about shanae's <laughs> content is that like i'm gonna post stuff of whatever i want to post right and sometimes that's going to be a game that's wildly popular yeah and sometimes that's going to be a game that nobody's fucking heard of sure but like frogger's great adventure he was he was specifically looking for content on that weird ass game <laughs> and he found it in us. Yeah. And I like that, you know, that's cool. Yeah. Uh, I think, I think that will, I think that's going to happen more than once. It already has happened more than once. Yeah. Right. Like, like we talked about Sinead's check it out. I don't remember the name of that fucking game. It's got a bunch of boys in it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, pick one. But like a lot of people watch that video, you yeah. know, and I think that's great. Yeah. 
And that's what I mean by, by organic growth. We're growing because of our content, not because we're slapping people in the face with it. Sure. You know? Which, I mean, honestly, is it's the best way. Yeah. Um, I think inundating people with it to, until they submit and finally look at our stuff isn't... It's not like a really good uh, barometer of how entertaining we might be. Also, I would love for Discord to grow because, like, we haven't been doing Discord super long. Uh, but the people that are in there have been super awesome. Yeah. And, like... More and more, they're turning me on to things that I never would have really been into before, you know? Yeah. And, and I think that's awesome. I swear a lot in there. Yeah, you do. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, uh, it is. And one of the, what I like about Discord is it's, it's a really fun and like direct way for us to like interact with people who. Well, it's like Rez got me on this fucking lo-fi hip-hop youtube channel oh yeah 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 and it's so fucking good yeah and now i just put it on when i'm playing my games i turn the music all the way down crank the sound uh, effects up so i still have the sound effects i mean okay so and it doesn't work for every game trying to play mortal kombat with lo-fi hip-hop doesn't work so well. i feel like the i think i feel like hip-hop and mortal kombat would go together really well not when it's super chill like that though oh yeah you know yeah but but for most games i'm like this is all right yeah, I feel like you should pair your Mortal Kombat with like MF Doom. Sure. Yeah. Uh but hey, I don't know if I don't know if uh if Monster Hunter really is going to be cross uh, cr- cross platform, but uh I mean, me and Rez are going to be playing uh Monster Hunter on PlayStation, so Yeah. I mean, that's where we'll be. So now you know that. I said it on Discord, 2018 will bring me back to PlayStation in a big way. Top three titles, go. Top three titles? Shit. Uh, I think Spider-Man comes out this year. Right. I do. Right. Uh, Detroit. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I don't know yet if it's going to be a multi-platform release or exclusive to PlayStation, but man, I'm excited to play Onrush. I think a lot of people forgot Onrush, but I'm super excited to play Onrush. It's funny you say that. Remind me what that is again. Onrush looks like a successor to MotorStorm. Uh, oh yeah, with a lot of those devs. I do like MotorStorm. Yeah. Um. When is Detroit coming out? I don't know. I don't think it has a date yet. I could be wrong. I don't think it has a date yet. Mm. Uh. And then you know, fucking Shadow of the Colossus comes out like I think in the next couple of months, I believe. Yeah. Yeah. I actually feel like it's coming out this month. So like. 2018 has given me a big reason to return to PlayStation. Yeah, when's God of War coming out? I don't know. I think soon, but... 2018 soon? I think so. But I also think that they're going to sit on some of these till closer to the end of the year. Yeah. They have to. Yeah. Right on. Yeah. Tom, this has been a fun 95 minutes. Sure. Um, I wish Shanae was here. I don't. Yeah. Because I hate her. Sure. I can see that. Mm-hmm. I see that one every time you look at her. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. Uh, Shanae, if you're listening to this. We hate you. Anyway, uh, this has been the Save Continue podcast. Uh, as always, it's been a pleasure spending time with you and making this nice little video podcast for you. My name is Ryan Robinson. That there's Tom Shelby. Bye-bye. We'll see you next week.